by mail or in person, Connecticut residents will, might, should come out and vote in November. I'd rather come out and vote so I know my vote is going to count. With these absentee balances from what we've been hearing, who knows if they're going to get through, you know? So, yeah, we will come out and vote. Jessica Bailey, an Ansonia voter, does not trust her absentee ballot would get counted in the upcoming general election. She's been listening to what President Trump has been saying. We're going to win this election. The only way they can take this election away from us is if this is a rigged election. We're going to win this election. I'm Ebong Udama, WSHU's senior political reporter. I try to make sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. Next on Capitol Avenue, we look at how Connecticut's local governments build confidence in the election process. President Trump says he wants to win fair and square. And on Election Day, that's a tall order with so many absentee ballots expected to be used this year. Trump says mail-in ballots will rig the election. What they're doing is using COVID to steal an election. They're using COVID to defraud the American people, all of our people, of a fair and free election. Election officials in Connecticut's towns and cities try to defy those expectations and run a hot presidential election during a pandemic. My biggest concern is that he's scaring people uh, about their vote. And this could mean that people are so nervous about casting an absentee ballot in particular that they won't vote at all. There's a lot of anxiety about the upcoming election, no matter how you slice it, especially for those voters who want to take advantage of no-excuse absentee ballots that are now available for the first time in Connecticut because of COVID-19. Secretary of the State Denise Merrill explains how the process works. You have to first cast that application to get an absentee ballot. The absentee ballot then is either mailed to you or you can pick it up at the town clerk's office. You fill out the absentee ballot, you fold it, and you put it in an inner envelope, sometimes called a secrecy envelope, which is your assurance that your uh, who you voted for remains secret. You put it in an envelope? which goes into another envelope that has identifying information, your name, address, and a barcode on it, to compare with a voter list. None of those votes will be counted until Election Day. That barcode is compared with the voter list to assure that you are on the voter list. Uh, You are then checked off that list as having cast an absentee ballot, so you can't vote twice uh, on Election Day. And if you did, it would immediately be caught and discarded. That will assure that only one vote per person will count, in contrast to what Trump has been saying. They think they're going to send hundreds of millions of ballots all over the United States and it's going to come out. You won't know the election result for weeks, months, maybe years after. Maybe you'll never know the election result. And that's what I'm concerned with. It'll be fixed. It'll be rigged. Insinuating that somehow if you cast an absentee ballot, your vote is not safe. Your vote will not be counted. You've lost the secrecy of your ballot. And these kinds of claims are completely incorrect, false, disingenuous, and really designed to do nothing but but hurt our election process. When we come back, absentee ballots have a checkered history in Connecticut. It was Democrats being Democrats in Bridgeport. Let's just say it's an art. 
or maybe it's a science in Bridgeport. Hi, I'm Davis Donovan, host of the WSHU podcast, Off the Path. I explore all kinds of hidden nooks and crannies and fascinating history on the road from New York to Boston. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you can find Off the Path from New York to Boston on WSHU Public Radio. This is Capitol Avenue. I'm Ebon Utama. Joining me now is Ken Dixon, a longtime Connecticut reporter and columnist with Hearst Connecticut Media. Ken, how long have you been doing this? I cover the state capitol, government, politics, uh, anything else I can get my <laughs> rubby little hands on. <laughs> I've been covering the state capitol since uh, 1994. Last year, there was an issue with absentee ballots in the Bridgeport mayoral race, the Democratic primary. What exactly happened there? You know, people filling out absentee ballots for elderly people. We sent a team of reporters out after the primary, the Democratic primary between Marilyn Moore and Mayor Joe Gannum, and we found a fair number of irregularities, possible illegalities, uh, a court suit followed and uh, it was kind of a weak attempt by Bridgeport Generation now uh, a local grassroots group to uh, overturn the election it was it was a long shot from the start it la- it lasted weeks i felt like i was hostage in superior court the newspaper did its own investigation and found that there had been some irregularities in the filling out of absentee ballots exactly what did your investigation find we had reporters knock on doors of uh, people who had absentee ballots out and we found cases where uh, democratic uh, insiders uh, were were filling out ballots illegally for these voters. During the court case, they never really could prove it. There has been a lot of talk about rigging for the upcoming November election. How does what happened in Bridgeport inform the reasoning behind a lot of Republican concern about vote rigging in the November election? The fact is the law allows people to take out as many absentee ballot applications as they wish. And, um, you know, you can knock on doors, spread them around your neighborhood. Uh, It's once, you know, they they fill out the application, they send it in, they get the ballot. From there, it's like if anybody but the postal service and the voter touches it, that's against the law. They solicit people to get them to apply. Yeah, like I would have an application. I'd come by your house and you can help people fill out the application. You certainly can't sign their name. That part is legal and that that's um, a get out the vote operation. But once you get the absentee ballot and that's where people get arrested, like whatever we had, 13 people get arrested in the 80s uh, for actually filling out the ballot. Okay, well, thank you very much, Ken Dixon. Oh, great talking to you, Ebong. My name is Charles Lane. I'm a reporter here at WSHU. Last summer, I started looking into the closing of a rundown motel in the Hamptons on Long Island. And the deeper I dug, 
the more disturbing it became. What I found was a secret campaign to rid the Hamptons of the places where Latino immigrants lived. This campaign stretched from a small civic group through Southampton town government and all the way to the White House. The story is called Every Town, and you can listen by searching your podcast app for Every Town, or you can click the link in the show notes to this podcast. And a very big hello, Wisconsin. We've been very good together. And I'm thrilled to be with thousands of loyal, hardworking American patriots. 47 days from now, we're going to win Wisconsin, and we're going to win four more years in the White House. This is the most important election in the history of our country. President Trump tells Wisconsin voters at a recent campaign rally that the stakes are high for his re-election. During the primaries, Republicans had said that a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for socialism and have since painted Biden as a puppet for progressives. Trump told Republicans not to fall into the trap set by progressives, that they should not use their ballots sent to them by mail unsolicited. People ought to get smart. And I just hope our Republican voters, the people that are for you, uh, are going to do what they have to do. Absentee ballots are great because absentee ballots, you have to go through a process to get them. And it's, it's actually a great thing. Absentee ballots. I'm going to be voting absentee. An absentee ballot is one thing. A universal mail-in ballot is a disaster. In Connecticut, Senate Minority Leader Lan Fasano says his daughter has been away from the state for six years. She lives in Florida but still received an application for an absentee ballot. That means she's still on the voter rolls in Connecticut. She hasn't voted in Connecticut more than six years, and she's registered in a totally different state, which shows a lack of the ability of, uh, of communication between our state and other states. Fasano says when she was in state, she voted Republican, but is on the voter list as an independent. Those are the ones that are going to be just as messed up as the primary ones were. So those lists haven't been cleaned. Bridgeport voter Sarah Thompson went to the polls to cast a vote in the primary election over the summer. She said she's skeptical about vote by mail. I don't know. I kept hearing things about we shouldn't be mailing the ballots in because something's going on with that. And um, I, actually, I might have threw mine away, honestly. So I, it was a little confusing when they got they mailed it to me. So I just felt like coming in person is a little bit easier. She says she was sent an absentee ballot. But Connecticut doesn't send absentee ballots unsolicited. It might have been an application to vote that way. Thompson took no chances. She showed up to vote in person. I just feel like um, the world is kind of like uncertain what's going on right now. And we're kind of going through a tough time altogether. So I feel like it's a time now where all of our voices got to be heard so we can get a change going on. Sue Lawson is president of the Registrars of Voters Association of Connecticut. She says the primary in Connecticut actually went better than expected. It was a good collaboration between the town clerks and the registrars because, you know, most people don't realize it, but the the major portion of um, the absentee process goes through the town clerk's office. Still lessons were learned. 
we learned a lesson not to have the um, the ballots mailed out from a mail house. So for the presidential, the ballots will be mailed out um, by the town clerks. So that that's a lesson learned. Lawson is also the Democratic Registrar of Voters in South Windsor. She's part of a bipartisan department that operates the polling places. She works with her Republican counterpart to hire the election workers. On election day, they might still put new voters on the rolls. That's because Connecticut allows election day registration to vote. And Lawson says some people leave it to the last minute, even in a presidential election year. It's like now it's on the brain again. Um, so we're seeing, we are seeing an increase in, in the level of um, voter registrations. Town clerks run the counting of the votes. Beth Shortell Lynch is the Ansonia town clerk. She's part of a three-person office. And we intend to do it ourselves. Ansonia is a small city in the Naugatuck Valley. They normally see about 300 absentee ballots. This year, they've already received more than 800. Oh, it's different, <laughs> definitely, for sure. But we'll, uh, we have a very knowledgeable staff here. Very, I have no concerns about the process getting completed, as it should be. Town clerks are allowed to start counting absentee ballots at 6 a.m. on Election Day. Chotel Lynch expects to be finished by the time the polls close at 8 p.m. Connecticut Secretary of the State Denise Merrill says state lawmakers have given election officials an extra 96 hours after the polls close. She says that will ensure enough time for towns that can't get it done on Election Day. The worst thing that could happen would be if it was wrong. And so we, we want to make, make sure we are not sacrificing accuracy for speed here. That was one of the lessons from the primary, where some of the ballots were delayed in the mail. Mail was delayed up to three and four days. So that was just kind of the last straw. So we are encouraging people to use the ballot boxes, which are now in each town, because it's much faster. Especially as states try to claw back changes made to the U.S. Postal Service by the Trump administration. A number of sorting machines were dissembled and left for parts at some post offices. Merrill says cybersecurity is another big concern for her. I'm particularly worried about our election management system, which is the system that reports the results. I mean, can you imagine if some uh, change got into that results system and announced the wrong winner in some race on election night? We would obviously uncover it. Merrill has partnered with the Connecticut National Guard to help with cybersecurity for the election. The state has also offered grants to towns and cities to pay for upgrades to their computer systems to protect election results. The towns can also decide to use the money for additional staff, better scanners for absentee ballots, or protective equipment amid the pandemic. That's the biggest enemy, is the distrust right now of the American public in elections. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has issued several advisories about foreign interference in state election management systems. Four years ago, Connecticut's election system was one of those targeted by Russian trolls. Senate Minority Leader Fasano says Connecticut still hasn't gotten it together. I think there's going to be mass confusion, potential litigation. Um, I think there's going to be problems. Voters will start receiving absentee ballots in Connecticut starting October 2nd for the November 3rd election. If you ask Trump supporters, the system is rigged unless Trump wins. 
if you ask your town clerk, they reassure voters that the election system actually works. If you ask Secretary of the State Merrill... And I just would urge people to stay calm and not just believe everything you read on the Internet or even in the media. More information about how to vote on Election Day in Connecticut can be found at WSHU.org. This is Capitol Avenue from WSHU Public Radio, making sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. If you care about our community, tell people about our local news. Spread the word by rating us on your podcasting app. If you're listening on NPR One, press the interesting button in the top right corner. This episode of Capitol Avenue was produced by J.D. Allen. WSHU's web editor is Dave Eisenstadter. Terry Sheridan is WSHU's news director. And Tom Couser is WSHU's program director. Special thanks to Ken Dixon for his reporting. I'm Ebong Udama. Thanks for listening. Until next time.